，鬼岛之音。Ghost Island Media。Hi, I'm Nature Nate, and this is Waste Not Why Not, a podcast on how not to save the environment. I'm an environmental researcher based in Taiwan. I work on energy, ocean, and waste issues. The Conference of Parties, or COP, has just wrapped up. If it flew past you, that's okay. It flew past a lot of us. COP is like an international comic con for climate nerds. I've been to two, so you know that's true. It happens once a year, and it's basically organized by the UN. Is the only time the countries from around the world get together to negotiate on agreements to solve climate change. I have a friend in Taiwan named Liang Yi, who's basically like the Greta of Taiwan, and to this day, people still know him. And he has a Wikipedia page. And if you're in Taiwan doing climate change, then you definitely know who Liang Yi is. He went to his first COP, COP 15, in Copenhagen in 2009. Going to COP 15 was what started a 21-year-old Liang Yi's climate activism. The whole world seems to me like talking about climate change. When I came back to Taiwan. No one at all talk about it. So I starting to email every single NGO at the time. Every single people were talking to me like, "What? Climate change?" Liang Yi and his friends were fired up, but they couldn't find an existing NGO in Taiwan which focused on climate change. They also didn't want to be just the so-called youth branch of another NGO that's run by boomers. We want our own identity. We want the youth to in charge because this、uh, climate change is for future generation. That's how the Taiwan Youth Climate Coalition started. It's still an active organization today. Everyone in it is under 30. This also includes university students. When they got started, they opened up a cafe in Taipei so that they had somewhere to meet, hang out, and talk about climate. And we are all from different、uh, universities, and we made our own coffee, and then we asked for fair trade coffee beans, all secondhand furniture. Liang Yi went back to COP, but the people at COP didn't know much about Taiwan. Yeah, a lot of people heard that Thai Thailand, <laughs> or Thai Taiwan, <laughs> is it Indonesia? That's awkward and disappointing. Taiwan itself isn't allowed to participate as one of the countries at COP, or at all in the UN. So it's significant that Liangyi went to COP as part of the Taiwanese NGO. Liangyi was able to go through his Taiwanese NGO and act as an observer, so he could then bring back valuable information about what's happening at COP to his colleagues in Taiwan. He actually went to four COPs in total, including COP 18, which was in Doha in 2012. And then I came back, found out that actually the head of the Mofa actually announced the press release saying that they're going to cancel my subsidy because I'm using China as nationality to go to COP. But you applied as Taiwan, right? Yes, I wrote in the blank applications Taiwan without any quotes. This is something that happens all the time to Taiwan at international events. Attendees will submit their applications to go as Taiwan, and somehow it gets magically changed to Taiwan, China, just China. Province of China or Chinese Taipei. 
These are not Taiwan's real names. Frequently, when I go, they will write Taiwan, China, and I'll just cross it out and write Taiwan, Taiwan. This also happens at the Olympics too. I didn't really know until I have my own press conference in the first ever in my cafe. More than twenty journalists, a reporter on the scene, and all holding the microphone, asking me like, "So, what did you feel? Taiwan, China, Taiwan, China?" I, I told a story about like how I established Taiwan Youth Climate Coalition, and here's the office, here's headquarters. How are we gonna to work with the, the global south and why is global south? No one listened. No one wrote about that. No, they just keep asking. So answer us: Taiwan or China? I said Taiwan. Then why do Mofa say that? And I realized that actually I'm just a young kid. COP is a way to save the environment, not the way to save the environment. In some ways, is a lot like recycling. It's not the magic solution that we need, and it's also not something like electric vehicles or solar panels that are changing the fundamental state of play. But it's a way to get governments to talk to each other, to find common ground and agreement, and to move forward. It's sort of just like getting everyone in your house to agree to not put all your dirty dishes on the living room floor. It's you know a minimum. It's good to have, and we need it. But that doesn't just because you don't put your dirty dishes on the living room floor doesn't mean the dog poop's going to get cleaned up. You can tell where I've lived. <laughs> the fact that Liangi couldn't go says a couple different things. One is, what is this process that does not allow a significant contributor to climate change like Taiwan to not participate? By every measurable standard, Taiwan is a sovereign nation, and instead they are not allowed to participate. So you kind of have to go, okay, is this is this are they really looking at the science on all these issues? If this is like one glaring issue that they're willing to heed to China in this case, we need to have a global consensus on climate change and how to reduce our carbon emissions because climate change is inherently a global problem. If China emits a billion tons of CO2, that's going to affect people living in the Maldives. But there is not a vehicle for the people in the Maldives to leverage their complaints at high carbon emitters. So there needs to be an international framework to do this. So the good things about COP are when you're able to bring together stakeholders from around the world and push forward a new idea. But At the same time, COP is now a circus. Companies pay millions of dollars to go to have influence and access. Leonardo DiCaprio, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Al Gore, now Greta Thunberg, all go, and it becomes a star-studded celebrity event. And I think that detracts away from what's happening in the negotiations because, in fact, the more pressure we put on our negotiators, the more likely that they are going to come up with a deal that we can agree on. The second COP event I went to was COP24 in Katowice, Poland. The government uses primarily coal energy. They put coal, physical pieces of coal, inside of the climate negotiating area, and you just get this overwhelming feeling that it's not going to happen. There's just not going to be really bold commitments, and there wasn't. It didn't help really that they held COP in Poland, which was snowing. Really hard to convince people that global warming is going to cause serious harm to them when it's snowing and freezing inside of Poland. I think if it was up to me, I would probably have COP just have it in the same place every year, or just have it in the hottest possible city you can, just to make people appreciate how how dire the circumstances are. One of the reasons that I wanted to talk with Liangi for this podcast was to let people understand the inner workings, or maybe behind the scenes, or how young climate activists feel, because. 
ultimately, these people are not our heroes, nor should they be. They are part of a larger community and context, and some of them get put forward as representatives, but they are not by themselves experts or heroes. If we think that there is one person, that if Greta, for example, goes to COP, if Liangi is able to go to COP, then we will fix our country's climate policies. That is dangerous and irresponsible. Number one, they did not cause this problem of anything. There's a major role for fossil fuel companies to play by not existing to deal with what we have for climate change. And if we put that pressure on kids, we will not only burn them out, we will be very ineffective because we are not creating a coalition of diverse voices. We need all aspects and all sectors in society. Let's go back to Liang Yi. The year he went to COP18, he also made other plans to train and equip himself. He made plans to go to Antarctica. So after COP, I also did an international project. is Antarctica Project. Everyone say sea level is rising and there's ice melting <laughs> causing sea level rising. But there's no ice, what I can see in Taiwan. <laughs> Seeing is believing. That's where I need to do that. I don't want my life regrets afterwards. That's really simple. A lot of my friends, they don't want to do climate change NGO because their parents have some expectation. They go to good college, then they need to do something profitable. At that time, I had a big fight with my parents and I stay in my cafe because I don't want to go back home. His dad eventually came around. Liangyi's dad went from thinking his son was a scammer asking the public for money to financially supporting him to go to Antarctica. He used the family house to borrow a bunch of money. He was like, okay, here's the paper, here's the pain. Uh, I will write it down that I will borrow you this amount of money, but in three years, you're going to return. I was like, okay, so where are you going to borrow the money from? And he said, okay, I'm going to use my house that he bought um, for the whole career in Taipei. And I was like, really touching. And then he actually really supported me in that way. And so then I went to Antarctica. In the end, Liang Yi also got help from someone else, Johnny Walker. Yes, that Johnny Walker. You've seen him too in the nightclub. So I literally got fully sponsorship afterwards. And I talked to my dad in a way like, here is the money I'm going to return to you. And then he was like convinced at that time. So, okay, you can do whatever you want. Maybe you can find allies in unlikely places. Liang Yi certainly did, and today he's channeled his youth climate activism into a career where he works at 350, which is a international climate change advocacy and campaign group. Liang Yi works with activists across the Asian region, training them to take on campaigns against fossil fuels. He took what was youthful exuberance towards climate action and was able to parlay it into a career around sustainability and around ending fossil fuels for good. We can find allies in unlikely places, but the only way to do that is if we remember to keep walking. If you were from Johnny Walker, please sponsor us. <laughs> this has been a Ghost Island Media Production. I'm your host, Nature Nate. This episode was produced by Allison Chan, editing by Allison Chan and Thomas Lee. Production assistance from Yu Chen Lai, brand design by Thomas Lee. Our executive producer is Emily Wai Wu. We recorded it at MyCoin, a Bitcoin exchange in Taipei, Taiwan. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. <laughs>